Welcome to the opportunity for a personal spiritual growth experience with the Sue Curran Podcast, a podcast all about leading you into understanding the ways and heart of God. Pastor Sue shares from her decades of experience as a founding pastor, author, teacher, and world missionary. The goal is that you receive practical spiritual insights that you can apply to your life at home, church, and place of business. And now, your host, Dr. Sue Curran. My guest today is Debbie Camellis. She pastors New Testament Worship Center in St. Petersburg, Florida. By the way, I just wonder, have you been able to dodge that terrible weather uh, that we've been having down there, or how's it been? I'll tell you what, Pastor, it has been wonderful on this side of Florida. Okay. So I'm so thankful for that. Well, that's good. We pray for you when we hear those awful reports. Florida is wonderful, but it does get in the way of a few negative things. Just like being a part of the kingdom of God. Okay. <laughs> it's the most wonderful thing in the world. It's the only thing on earth to do. But there are problems. And of course, we're living in a very conflicted time right now. So Today, true. We're going to be talking a little bit about the time that we've been in that I believe that we are now beginning to come out of. And we're going to talk about some steps we're going to take as a fresh approach, doing some really new things. You know, if we get ourselves ready during this time where things have slowed down, then we're going to be ready when things begin to speed up. And that's the kind of thing that we're going to talk a little bit about today. But now before right. we do that, uh, Pastor Deb, uh, tell us just a little bit about your church. Well, I tell you what, Pastor, we are a church that desires to be in the middle of what the Lord is doing. That's one of the principles that you have taught us when we used to come to the leadership meetings at Shekinah offered that we want to be about the father's business, but we've got to find out what he's doing so that we can get involved and not just be spectators, but participators with an anointing that destroys the yoke and removes burdens. You know, Debbie, I'm just delighted for the answer that you gave there because to our audience, if you stop and think about it, when I asked Debbie to tell me about her church, she didn't tell me how it was started and who does what or any of those things. But she talked to me about the vision. And really, if we don't have vision in our churches, we don't have anything. Now I came out of a denominational church. I never heard the word vision mentioned at all. And I don't even know what, I guess I thought that church was a ticket to heaven. I didn't know a whole lot more about that but i know that that uh, your church i know that you have um, people of different backgrounds there which makes it delightful to me because i love to be you know with the hispanics and the blacks people of color and um and i really appreciate that about your church but your father founded the church and how many years ago did he turn it over to you Okay, so we have been the senior pastors now, lead pastor, for the last 10 years. It's been 10 years. That's tremendous. Now, I want to tell you something uh, to our audience that will be just fascinating to you. 
really an amazing thing. You remember that I had Mark Sharona and uh, we did a podcast on the subject of biblical prophecy. Now there's a lot of things go on these days that are not quite prophecy because there's not been a lot of teaching on it. And yet people are endeavoring to step into it. But one thing about real prophecy is it's true. It comes to pass. And I remember uh, Debbie, that that particular conference at Shekinah, your father came with a male friend and the man that was speaking, Victor Boating from Africa, had yes. a prophetic word for your father, of all things. And he was just in the throes of making that decision. He knew it was time to transition the church because of his age and so forth. Yeah. And what the prophet said to him was, I see that you're getting ready to transition the church. And it looks like you're going to transition to a woman. Yes, he did. I was so delighted when he said that. You knew and your father knew that that's what would be happening. But you know, the prophetic word strengthens that when you get just one more confirmation, doesn't it? That is so true. I know my dad was in the Valley of Decision. And as you've already stated, he was, he was ready to transition the church, but he just needed that confirmation to know that the direction that he had headed was the very thing that God had already ordained. Oh, that's great. Really good. So if you're ever in, down there in, in their area in St. Pete, it's actually Tampa. Tampa. It's Tampa. Yeah, they're, they're yes, so ma'am. close together, but it's actually yes. Tampa. And now if someone wanted to check you out a little bit, you have a website they can... Um... Yes, ma'am, we do. We are ntwc.net. And if they'll just go there, they can find our uh, site where we're using Facebook to mm-hmm. do live services right Great. now. And we're also utilizing YouTube, but if they go right there to our site, they can connect with us on Facebook. That's tremendous. Now, we're going to talk a little bit today about utilizing this time that we've been in. Some people, I read an article the other day, Christian man was writing and he was saying, I just don't seem to run into anybody anymore that's excited about the future and they don't feel good about it. People, some are just downright despondent. I know one day when I was talking with you, Debbie, on the phone, I found that you were very excited, though, you know, you had some difficulties to deal with, but she sure. told me some things that God was doing right in the midst of all of this. And this is what we've done, of course, in our church. As soon as our governor released us back in April, we started right back in, of course, uh, going by the standards that he had set forth. So we've had all this time. I feel like that it's a time that we are preparing for the next age because, you know, that scripture in Amos says there's going to come a time concerning the harvest. The harvest is going to grow so fast that the reapers are going to overtake the sowers. And so I want us to be prepared. I believe the harvest is going to come to pass very soon. And I know that a lot of, of ministers and leaders believe that. So I'm not, I am determined and have been for quite some time. We're not going to waste this time. 
we know that God is on the throne, even though we're not enjoying some of the things that we're going through. And, you know, the Lord spoke to me about something that really we can do right now in this period of time, not waiting at all, but preparing, looking toward the future and giving our churches something to look forward to. Really, it's something brand new that he spoke into my spirit. And, you know, he spoke to me about teaching uh, on the subject of how the church can get prepared and get out of this slow time. Really, I think it's been a time of fog and indecision Mm -hmm. and how we can get a fresh vision. In order to have a fresh vision, you have to have a fresh word from God. So So true. I want us to talk just a little bit about specifically what the Lord spoke to me to do, because as I've passed it by you, I know that you have an interest to be involved and I want our audience to know about this. Now it's a course called the church that Jesus builds. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Now the church is having a lot of struggles right now, but a lot of times we're not letting Jesus build the church and Mm. man doesn't have the power or the wisdom or anything to really build his church. And so the Lord spoke to me. The key is Give the church back over to me. Let me All build right. it. That's what I said needed to happen. So this course, let me just tell you right up front, and I want to talk about it a little bit. It's going to begin the 12th of September, and it's going to be a Zoom class. You can get it by going to suecurran.com, my website. You can register for it there. And I've been encouraging pastors to Um, As many people as would like to from their church, but definitely people in leadership or maybe their Bible school students that uh, really want to get deeper into the word and understanding, they could take this as a class. And um, it it goes for six Saturday mornings from 10 until 11 a.m. beginning September the 12th. This is a great time for us to be sharing with you concerning this. I hope that the dates will coincide with your plans and what you can do. But, you know, Debbie, as I was sharing this with you, I know that you were saying that you have some people that would really like and need more equipping and training so that they could help you in a more adept way to accomplish the things that you need to do. Yes, ma'am. That is so important to be able to uh, be pastors and leaders that know what it is to help to equip your people. And I think this course is going to be a fabulous way. Matter of fact, I was thinking about it just this morning, Pastor, and I thought, you know, this course isn't just going to be inspirational, although when you speak, under the anointing, you have a great inspiration, a breath from God. But I believe it's going to be foundational. It's going to be something that you put in the hands of pastors and leaders all across the nations for building blocks, to be able to establish some things that are going to last for eternity. And that's what it's all about is eternal value. And that's what I see this course as being and becoming to many people. Well, thanks for that observation, Debbie. You know, 
I, I really find that so many people today don't really know what they believe. I had one person who came to our church and said, well, tell me again, what's a church really supposed to be like? Wow. And people are so confused because yeah. there's so many things popping up here and there. And, you know, what we don't need in our areas is one more church. What we need is one more church to get a real vision and a yes. make a biblical commitment to be really empowered because, you yep. know, in the early days of the church, they really turned the world upside down. You know, I, I read one Englishman said, that seems to be the problem today is everywhere the early church went, there was a riot or a revival, but everywhere <laughs> I go, they serve tea. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> well, you know, we, we need to step out of that. You know, of course, that our work began as God spoke to us. There was not a church like it. This was in 1973. It was in the Jesus movement time. Wow. And the Holy Spirit was really moving to make people hungry. And that's an important part, you know. Yes. Uh, but I believe that people are getting hungrier as they're getting as they're getting leaner because what we are experiencing is not very fulfilling right now. It's no hard to get out there. It's hard to get anything accomplished. There's a certain amount of dangers that we didn't have to deal with before. <clears throat> and, but I found that the things that people are asking me most about church is, you know, whatever happened to the desire for the loss that people used to have and whatever happened to the power we used to feel power in our church, even when we're worshiping, they will say to me, and we don't sense that anymore. I've had, I've had people ask me how we can have revival in our church. We've had a couple of sweeping revivals that yes. have just been outstanding. And then had them ask me about ministering in the gifts of the Spirit. Because, you know, people like to use this term, it's a spirit-filled church. And I asked a person the other day, what is that? And they said, I don't know. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and I said, well, see, people like to use that term because it sounds positive and exciting. But I believe a spirit-filled church is where the gifts of the spirit are allowed and empowered to operate. Because that's, that's what the world needs, isn't it? That's right. I heard a minister giving a, an example of that very thing, Pastor, how that he had taken someone that was from a foreign country and he was taking them to all the, the big churches that had all the equipment, that had all uh, the things in place that they could project uh, who they were. And so he went from place to place. And at the end of the tour, this minister asked the foreign uh, missionary, he said, well, what do you think about the United States and all these great churches that we have here? And he said, I am amazed on how the United States of America and the big churches can do church without the Holy Spirit. And I <laughs> thought, dear God Almighty, help us never to be in that place. But yet that was his, that was his comment on all of his tour of the United States. And they know the difference because when I was in Africa, I learned a Swahili word, I believe it's ingenie, and it means 
coming together with an expectation huh. to, that something will happen. Okay. And when these African people would come together, a church to them meant we're going somewhere and get together. And because of the Holy Spirit, things are going to happen. Amen. I, I think so many American churches or Western churches have just given up on the idea that anything will happen. It's wow. almost like it's an intellectual thing, you know, but we, but we can't afford that because people's needs are too great. That's people right. need to be physically and emotionally healed and yes. they need to really know Jesus uh, so that they can have a hope of tomorrow so that uh, they can get hold of their destinies. A lot of people are just very miserable in life and self-help books are not huh. going to make that any different because we were made with a God-shaped vacuum and we've got to fill that with the things of God or we'll never be content. That's right. Only he can fill that spot. It's really true. So that's, you know, when the Lord began to speak to me about this course, you know, it was to answer these questions that I've mentioned that people are asking today. One of the things is how, how can I pray with power? I remember a woman sharing with me, well, only recently she said, we moved to Shekinah from Michigan because we had never really known of a church that prayed and got answers to their prayers. Wow. <laughs> and wow. she said, we wanted to be in a church that prayed with the expectation. Though that doesn't mean, of course, that all of our prayers are answered the way we would like. But she sure. had the understanding that the unusual was happening. Sometimes there were miracles and people had the knowledge that it was valuable to pray. But another thing that we'll be talking about in this course is what is worship in spirit and in truth? Wow. Because Jesus said, the hour is coming now is in John 4, when they that worship me will worship in spirit and in truth. You know, yes. in just a moment on that, Debbie, because it's so very important, is if we're not worshiping in spirit and truth, we're not satisfying the heart of the Father. And so, so what has happened is if we don't teach on these things, then through the years, we sort of lose the thread of the truth. What are we doing this for anyway? And some people, it seems to them that worship is just something they enjoy. Uh -huh. or something they've learned to do a little bit differently. They don't know that there are biblical things to be learned about worship, and then it brings the presence of God. You know, the scripture that says, the Lord inhabits the praise yes. of his people. Isn't that awesome? Oh, yes. That God will actually come and be present with us, really if we will simply worship him in spirit and truth. And I know that in your church, you're really given to the thought of worship because I've worshiped with you before. Oh, yes, ma'am. And we know that it is the presence of the Lord, which he just brings such a, a, a connection and such an atmosphere for the miraculous as we do seek him, as we worship him in spirit and in truth. But we know that it is his presence that distinguishes us 
from all other peoples and yeah. all other religions because it's the one true God, the almighty Lord, Emmanuel, God with us, God in us, that makes all the difference. He's the distinguishing factor in our lives. And that comes from his presence. And we enter into his presence so many times through praise and worship. And we've learned that. And being at Shekinah Church and just being under your umbrella and everything, we've learned that and we've seen it. It's like it's been a visual aid. It only enhanced and enriched what God was already had called us to. And I'm so grateful for that. Oh, I appreciate that. I remember uh, one Sunday uh, being at your church, uh, Debbie, at the end of the service, you just played your guitar and sang several worship songs in a row and let the people worship with you. And it was such a real experience in the presence of God. But that comes when people, when they are after the heart of God, not after yes. the praises of men. And of course, wow. we, we want to be as skillful as we can but it's really not about becoming famous or becoming known. It's about making Jesus famous. Amen. That's and right. I had that sense that Jesus was so lifted up in that service. So, you know, as, as God began to speak to me concerning this, he said to me, I, I want you to teach the things that I birthed by my spirit in the beginning days, it, because you know, I was in a denominational church and the Lord called us to, to build a church. He said, don't worry about this denomination and that one. Just go to my word and I want you to build it according to that. Well, it's great to be free. So, Amen. so we, you know, we paid the price to step out in Jesus name and begin the church. And, you know, we, we very first started with prayer and then very quickly, we moved into the reality of worship and yeah. worship in spirit and in truth. And, you know, after worship, then you can minister the word and the anointing on the word of God is what causes it to live. Really, it was a very different experience from what people were accustomed to. At that time, now remember, I'm talking about 1973. Okay. You know, there wasn't, oh, there might have been one or two here or there, but there really was not any church making an impact that even had worship in our wow. area. And so that God gave us a place to teach worship. So we had worship conferences. Yep. And we helped. I've been people. to very many. Yep. <laughs> no. I've been to a lot of them. Yeah, well, you know, my pastor was Judson Cornwall, who wrote all the books on worship and praise. Then came Dr. Fuchsia Pickett along, yes. and she uh, went into headquarter uh, at Shekinah and began to travel. And, well, she had real revelation on the subject of worship. So yes. it will be uh, the things that I'll be teaching on worship, of course, would have been, much of it would have been, birthed out of that knowledge, that experience, and the revelation that came. It was certainly, you know, was different from anything I had ever experienced yeah. before. Wow, this has been a fantastic conversation so far. 
Thank you so much for listening to the first part of my conversation with my special guests. Tune into episode two to hear the rest of our conversation. You've been listening to the Sue Curran Podcast. Join us next time as Dr. Curran shares more insights through interviews and teachings geared to help you grow in your relationship with the true and living God and function in a more productive and powerful way.